the Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If the storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's the biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, we're back, at a, back for another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, this is a special Monday night episode, and the reason why we're doing something on Monday is because... Um, a lot of the team have obligations come this Wednesday, so this is the pre-recording, which means that um, this show won't have much coverage of Raw, which I'm watching currently, but even with that being said, there's so much to cover and discuss from all the news and shows and other things that happened over the weekend. So anyway, um, this is 2 Chains here, and I couldn't do it alone, so I had to go grab my buddy, the giant crab, Jamal, to come with me tonight so we can get this started. So, anywho, anywho, what's up, Jamal? What's up? What's up? And if y'all know Jamal from any of the previous episodes, you know he's he's our indie expert, but also our movies expert. So, considering uh, we haven't checked in with you in a while, uh, what you want to drop us with? What have you seen that was cool or worth? Noting or something that people need to stay far away from. Uh, well, actually, at this moment, I was in the middle of writing my review for Birth of a Nation, which comes out this Friday. Uh, there's a lot of hype about this movie because of the writer, director, and star, Nate Parker, and his alleged uh, you know, rape allegations and his uh, trial back in 1999 when he was a student at, I believe, Penn State. Uh so that's that his past has kind of haunted him and really overshadowed the movie. And the movie is about Nat Turner and his uh, slave rebellion. Ironically, it's not about the very racist 1915 movie, uh, Birth of a Nation, which is a classic, technically. But uh, yeah, it's based on this book called The Klansman. So uh, either way, the, this new movie, it's a big bag of okay. Um, you can read the full review at realfilmnews.com this Thursday evening. And uh, aside from that, uh, The Magnificent Seven is actually pretty good. Uh, the review for that is up. Um, Storks, no. And um, what was the other thing I saw? Did you see? If, you know, if I don't remember, it probably wasn't good. Did you see Woman on the Train? Is am I saying that right? That, that's actually tomorrow night. Um, that comes out this Friday. But because my vacation starts Wednesday, I'm actually going to skip it. So you're on your own. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I wanted to, I wanted to see? I don't know. I don't know where my anticipation is at. But definitely uh, all the fans take a look at that. I need to catch up too because I haven't been to the movies in a while. But we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, Another thing is uh, definitely a special shout-out to everybody that's reached out to us uh, as far as um, sharing stories and uh, just giving us praises for um, in their support for the Autism Speaks Walk in which we participated in on Saturday. So it stormed like crazy, and I wasn't about to sit out there and let my phone get flooded, but uh, D-Wayne got some pictures and stuff, so um, sooner or later I hope he gets those posted. And as you can see by our banner, um, we also changed it too, 
to bring recognition to it as well. And we also are aware that this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well, so we'll, we'll probably change within uh, half the month uh, to show recognition for that as well. But, um... Hey, let me ask you a quick, quick question as I'm watching Raw. I love that movie uh -oh. Shooter that came out a while ago. They're making a TV show about that. Oh, that's what I saw. I saw Deep Water Horizon with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, right, 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 right. And? Which was actually pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, that was actually pretty good. The, the star of the show is the oil rig because they blow it all the, all the hell. <laughs> so, it's, pretty, it's pretty decent. So if you see it, I've seen an IMAX because the speakers definitely get a workout. But uh, as far as the movie Shooter goes, meh, it, it, was, it was fine. Uh, I've seen you know, too many of those where it's like the president, the cabinet member, the whoever gets shot, government conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, if they, they're making a show of it, eh, fine. Uh, they also made a show of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I've been um, watching that. I don't know. I mean, first episode gets a pass because it's the pilot episode, but I'm not. I'm okay so far. Well, people like stuff. I mean, there's a reason why there's 8 million channels on TV. Uh, I don't subscribe to TV. So, if it's a market out there, people will find it and uh, and support it. So, uh, so, good for them. But I don't see it lasting more than a season. Okay. So, like I said, since this episode is going to be a lot of jumping around, we're talking about movies right now. Name one superstar that you potentially could see could be a, a real-time uh, star on the big screen that has not already done a movie so far. Uh, in, in any company or just in... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any company. Well, it's... Uh, this, hashtag... This is a Japanese show. Hashtag Free Titus. <laughs> Uh, that abomination where he just got marble mouth on TV that that's what two weeks ago. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just gonna hashtag free titus is in effect right now. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, we got the long titus back up. Conti sorry, titus. Continue, sir. Titus might have to take the L for a couple weeks because uh no, nah, we can't let him hear Mike anymore. Continue, sir. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's an anime. I did see it on, uh, I think it was on Tanahashi's Twitter. Not that I can read anything, but I definitely seen some stuff. So it's like the Tiger Mask W is what it's called. Right. And um, it's obviously not in English. The rumor is that Crunchyroll will actually have it subtitled in English. I have not seen it yet, but um, that's supposed to be awesome. My people are telling me that it's, that it's awesome. Really? Um, and more, more to the point of an actual like live action star. It's not named Dwayne Johnson. I think Ziggler could do it. I think you know he has a good look. He's you know has an interesting personality. Um, I think 
The Miz already he came from TV to wrestling. Uh, so I don't think he's really stretched himself creatively there as far as being a just wrestling super wrestling nerd on TV and then being an actual wrestling nerd on TV. Cop out um, answer. I actually think Ricochet. Explain that one. Yeah, I think, I mean, Lucha Underground mm-hmm. is, a, is a television show that happens to be about wrestling. Yeah. It is, it is not a wrestling show. And I think out of the guys, and the men and women that act on Lucha Underground, I think Ricochet, or Prince Puma, if you will, does the best job of, of physically acting. No, he's not Tom Hanks or anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying that he used to come out and play like you know, Santa Claus or Malcolm X, but I, I think he can, like, jump ups. Because there's some guys that are a big potato in, on the um, on the mic. <laughs> and the only the editor in the world, you can't help him, Ray Mysterio. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I think Ricochet, Rick, Ricochet could do it. Nope. Um, I think Cody Rhodes could do it. Yeah. That was my pick. That was yeah. my pick. So, Anyway, like I said, we're going to be all over the place. Let's bring up Cody Rhodes right now. Him and Brandy made their debut at Bound for Glory. Um, Did you see it? Yeah, you saw it. Uh, well, so this is the problem with Bound for Glory. I saw the uh, the Great War uh, match. I saw the X Division title match. I did not see the entire thing because, A, I'll never give Comcast my money again, and, B, it's $50. So, I can't imagine paying fifty dollars for a pay per view anymore. Hold on, because I I obviously can see your facial expression. But what do you mean it's fifty dollars? I get I get it. you say you don't you're not gonna pay fifty dollars for a pay per view, but you didn't say that, Richard. You say it's fifty dollars and look. <laughs> Are you trying to say TNA is nowhere near worth fifty dollars? I'm trying to say that I can't think of any pay per view that's worth fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, you can order uh, Ring of Honor uh, the pay per view on uh, through the PlayStation Four. Uh, I have one, and you can order it through the uh, PlayStation Live for your app. Yeah, right. I don't remember seeing TNA on there, <laughs> but um, which you know surprisingly, uh, people were complaining they didn't see TNA on their cable uh, provider, but that's a different problem. <laughs> it was thirty five dollars for All Star Extravaganza, but thirty five dollars to watch it once, and that's it. Yeah. Well, why would I do that when there are real time tweets, real time live Instagrams? Uh, you know, people illegally live streaming it, which a lot, do. a lot of that. Yeah, well, a lot of that. You know, Facebook is <laughs> thing. Um, and then of course the DVD will come out as my next Ring of Honor house show in Baltimore in in three weeks. Uh, you know, that'll be available on the Blu-ray for twenty bucks. So I know that the sport is predicated on being there, and if you can't be there, seeing it live. But it's fifty. It's thirty-five dollars. It's fifty bucks. That's three months of WWE Network for what it's worth. And even though that means that's definitely three live pay-per-views and the hundred thousand hours of content from 40 years of wrestling for 10 bucks a month. I don't necessarily need to make that even that $10 expense every month. Um, because I'm not super, I was never super into WWE. They put more WCW on there, then I'm sold. And I can, you know, I would say take my money. But thirty five dollars—that's a bit steep. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. 
plain and simple, TNA is not getting 50 for me. So the question is, how did I watch it? That is anybody's business. But I've seen it. <laughs> and if you follow us, you've probably seen it too because I share. You share, I share. Long as you keep it on the hush. Um, Cody Rhodes' debut uh, with Brandy was pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that the, um, the commentary crew... Didn't drop the ball by calling him Cody Rose because they don't have the last, they don't have the rights to Rose, so they had to call him Cody. Um, the beautiful That's disaster. The worst commentary on television. Yeah, they they don't sell me on anything. However, they're not very oh they're not very sloppy. Not well, I don't know. They're not. I'm not gonna say sloppy. They're not loose, but they're not. They're bearable. That's what I'm gonna say. But nonetheless, um. It, the beautiful disaster is still gonna be one one of my all time favorite moves just because um it fit it, it fit his gimmick so well back before when he was dashing Cody and um you know I thought I thought you know people had finishers and people had specials and I thought that was a a, ni- a good special to fit his character um Brandy did it um a headlock and then a knee which. Just for my critiquing, I think she has a long way to go. It, I don't think it was beautifully done, <laughs> since that's the key word right now. Yeah. But it was so in a manner that it should have been so, because if it hadn't been so, anything after that could have been way worse. But nonetheless, they're there. I'm hyped. I'm hyped to see them. I'm. I'm. I'm still Team Cody as far as him uh, proving that he can make a name of himself. Outside of the WWE world, hopefully, like we said, the blueprint for others to follow. And I, I have to be honest, right now, TNA is worth a watch, okay? Because, because, and that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want to talk about for a little bit. TNA is not getting the credit that it deserves. Um, obviously, us hearing delete chants on Raw tonight is an indication that people are watching, and that, and basically. It's telling you. It's telling you. What you mean? Yeah. Is it? Because if I hear delete chants on on Raw, but I don't hear anybody getting any other pop outside of whatever. How many people go to the Impact Zone? Nobody's chanting for EC3. Nobody's chanting for Bobby Lashley. Well, well. People are cheering for Moose. But I mean, but are we hearing Moose chants outside of Ring of Honor and TNA? Because when I turn on Raw. When I walk down the street, when I go to wrestling conventions, nobody's like doing the choo-choo train thing, uh, chanting Moose. If if Moose name is brought up, people are doing it. But I mean, again, it's just it just comes down to the question you asked us on Twitter earlier. It's really it's really a bias among fans in a sense. Like there are people that say just they're, they're straight wrestling fans. Then there's people that's like, well, I'm just. <laughs> WWE fanboys shoot for the longest. There's people that's like, I'm just raw fanboys. I'm not even gonna watch SmackDown, whatever it may be. But the fact of the matter is, there's good wrestling all over. Hashtag support indies. That's the start. And TNA, I mean, always is clearly a show to watch. The time, the timing, um, you know, whenever it comes on is obviously the problem there. But TNA has a nice spot at eight o'clock on Wednesdays. I'm sorry, Thursdays, and I think they're worth a watch, and I think people need to like come up off their horses and watch it because one, everybody's familiar with the Hardy Boys from the past, from the network, whatever it may be. They're in a significant feud that's that's different, and we've already said that different is better. 
And now they're getting over with their gimmick and their chance. They got the titles again. So they're, they're, they're solidifying themselves worth watching. Then you look at somebody like EC3, who, if again, and, and, and even Drew Galloway, which I want to talk about too, who I feel like don't get enough credit for getting himself over. But everybody's, everybody's, everybody's campaigning in a way in TNA that makes them worth a watch. First of all, EC3 has been kind of emotional over the last like couple of weeks about how much and how hard he put into a, a brand that's not perfect, how he's not perfect, blah, blah, blah. And I totally agree. If that's your approach, that's fine. That was not Dizzy Carter's approach. Dizzy Carter, Dizzy Carter thought there was a juggernaut to, to fight the juggernaut. And there's only one juggernaut. <laughs> so, but now that she's clearly taking a step back, it's like everybody now is trying to say, what can I do to make myself better? Lashney's approach is to say that I can balance MMA and professional wrestling as I am the only guy that can do that. And they want to brand, if they want to build him like that, I'm all for that. Since that seems to be, since that seems to be what gets fans interested. Nonetheless, Brock didn't put on a great performance in the octagon, but everybody watched it because they didn't think a wrestler can do it. And I think I think Lashley is saying like, look, I'm a champion. I'm doing it on here. Watch me on Bellator. I can get it done in there. And I think that's his branding. I, again, EC3 is branding that, you know, he's not in the perfect brand. He's not perfect, but he goes out there and gives his heart. He does indie shows as well. And then Drew Galloway is basically saying that, one, first of all, he's a really good heel. But he's basically, what I'm getting from him is like, you know, I didn't get much of a chance in WWE, but I never gave up, and I went out there, and I, and I, and I bet on myself, I made myself significant in another brand, I make myself relevant on the indies, and I, I'm worth watching, and even his tweets, you know, saying, like, how he was hurt on TNA, but he said he's still gonna make all his indie shows, I don't even know what to make of that, but I'm still for it, you know? Well, I think part of the problem that TNA has is that they're kind of backs themselves into a corner, and they, they're not doing house shows, they're not touring, uh, you know, they, they're only, a um, experience, exposure comes once a month when they tape Impact from the old Nickelodeon studios in Orlando, um, <laughs> no, seriously, I know, I know, it's just, yeah, I know, but, so, if you want to see, like, the old nose from Double Dare and watch some wrestling, that's where you gotta go, but... <laughs> And these guys go out, they do that once a month, and then they go out throughout the country, throughout the world, and tape their uh, indie shows. They need to be, just like Bobby Lashley can go to MMA and do his thing over there, they need to be represent representatives of the brand on the indie circuit. Now, because they can't do it with the big promotion, the internet campaign, the social media campaign, but when we saw Ethan Carter and Galloway and... Um, uh, yeah, Perkins was there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up and involved in the uh, the Devil's Playhouse in, in the Evolve '66. That's what, that's what we're going to call that for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, just just in the same way that Evolved booked it, like they had a cruiserweight classic spotlight match. Well, TNA needs to bring you know their titles on the road. They need to have uh, who's the uh, women's champion? Uh, Gail Kim. Gail Kim now. Yes. Last night. Yes. 
You know, I'm like, Gail Kim does her indie show in Nashville or wherever she's going to be. Bring the bell with her. Show her that, the, that something's going to happen. Hey, maybe even take a secondary title and have it lost, uh, have the title change in an indie event. They say the TNA is not just Orlando or not just the Impact Zone. It's everywhere, and anybody can get it. Show them the PWG and, and put a TNA title on the line. Maybe not lose it, but, you know, have your cameras there. And just started like a grassroots movement because you're not going to fight WWE head on. They're the 800-pound gorilla with brass knuckles on their fingers. You're going to lose. You have no win. And now they've been talking about a third party funding their impact tapings and Bound for Glory, you know, that may get them through the rest of the year. That's no way to run a business. And Billy Corgan may or may not have bought it. WWE and Sinclair and talks and stuff like that, they might not even exist. Yeah. And that's that's really unfortunate because an opportunity for guys to work is always a good thing. So and not everybody needs to be in WWE. So okay, so right. With that being said, because that was going to be my next question. So as a as a honorable fate for the uh, stars in the company, uh, what do you see as the feasible outcome on this? Like, what what makes a happy ending here? Well, a happy ending is if, like, Scrooge McDuck just opens his checkbook and says, do BTNA. <laughs> the problem is, is that they've done that before. Dixie Carter uh, asked their parents to fund the company. Yeah. And the good folks at Panda Energy said, okay. And then Dixie, you know, they let it get away from her. I think that it doesn't matter how much money you throw at TNA. If they don't have an identity of what they want to be, if they don't have a, a, the, the wherewithal to set a structure, not just from storyline perspectives, but from a business standpoint as to how they want to cut it by the cut checks at the end of the show, let alone the end of the month. You know, I don't know what carry out that they're um, operating out of in Orlando, but that's no way to sustain a business wondering where your next paycheck is going to come from. And you want to ask Paul Heyman about that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, like, like the, the financial stuff about the company, I, I, it's hard for me to get into because, yes, even if I was filthy rich or if I was an investor looking for a company, um, looking what Disney Garden did definitely gives you some type of like red flag, like not a good, you know, like a short sale house. <laughs> Maybe this was not able to be flipped, you know. Um, but um, I don't know. It's again like. I wouldn't call TNA an indie show, but the, but there's indie talent in it. And what I mean by that is that you have people who are still fighting to get a name out for themselves and or want to just show their abilities. Not because they really obviously want the big check, but just want to display the skills of what they got and what they can do and want others to know their name. And I, I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, you look at Drew Galloway. I'm pretty sure Drew Galloway was in a position to come back to, to uh, Raw. They would have signed him because uh, they brought his man Jinder Mahal back just the job for, what, four weeks? Well, that's the thing about uh, WWE is that they strike while the iron is hot. And if Drew Galloway has gone somewhere else, repackaged himself, stepped up his game, and made himself a marketable commodity, yeah, they'll invest in him. I don't know why Jinder Mahal is back. But, uh, <laughs> I'm about to say, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Jinder Mahal is back. I have no idea. But that's the same thing with the Hardys. The Hardys have single-handedly uh, done the improbable and made TNA relevant again. 
Okay, wait, so, wait. I, I agree with that. But so hold on. You don't consider Drew, Drew Galloway, you don't consider him to be hot. No, no, no. I, I just said that he was. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, said, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Drew Galloway was certainly should get a second look because he's definitely repackaged himself and made a name for himself. And that's why, you know, we're talking about guys like Eddie Kingston uh, getting tryouts in, in uh, WWE this week. Uh, Kimberly and other under indie stars getting tryouts in WWE. Really? I was at, I tweeted you. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. But we'll discuss. Yeah, you, but, know, you know. Obviously, WWE... And, and, I, and I think this is a new era. I don't think it applies to television per se, but behind the scenes, it is a new era because they are looking to the indies in a very big way. They are taking guys like Bobby Brew and Aries and AJ Styles who may have been at, the, at their wit's end if they had no other options at TNA. They may have just retired. But now that NXT is a thing, and it's a different brand. It's a younger brand, even though their top guys are 35-plus. It's very interesting to see what that WWE is actually making moves to take a guy like Kenta, like Rollins, like uh, Kevin Steen, uh, El Generico, repackage them into WWE style and then present them to Raw. Whereas Braun Strowman, if history if history you know, dictates the future, Braun Strowman should be champion already. And that's their <laughs> guy. That's what they like. Yeah. So. And as much as I would love to see. <laughs> wait, wait. We not let we not let Braun get away. We're on Braun right now. What is Braun planning on doing next week? So October tenth. October tenth is in limbo right now. Correct. Braun Strowman is the apocalypse if he doesn't get a championship match. Y2K couldn't do it, but Braun can. Exactly. But continue on, sir. But that's the thing. Uh, You know, there are opportunities being created all the time, uh, not just in Ring of Honor, not just in Japan, uh, not just in Red Pro in England or AAA in Mexico. There are plenty of places for people to work, but obviously for that exposure, for the paycheck, for the notoriety, WWE is probably where you're going to want to wind up. It is the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NHL of wrestling. But does that mean it's the best? Well, no. No. It is what it is. But that doesn't mean it's the best. It's not. with TNA holding on by a thread, the slimmest of threads, and they may not make it to the end of the year. I hope they do. Yeah, that that but is I just really the big. Going forward, it would be a crying shame that the most relevant they've been in ten years could be the end of the road for them. Yep. I hate to see that happen. All right, buddy, hit the checklist. Transition into what? So I one, one last thing on TNA. If you said that you know maybe they might make it, make maybe not. Who should buy TNA? Uh, should it be a Mark Cuban uh, type person that can obviously use this? Like if TNA were a Shark Tank, who should who should pick it up? <laughs> because from a business standpoint, they certainly need capital, but they also need a media presence that's going to grow their brand. And I think that a wrestling mind is great, but the wrestling minds seem seem to be stuck in one gear. Whereas another aspect of the business could take it in a different direction. 
Um, so, so who should buy TNA? So, uh, personally, I think it should be Mark Cuban. Go ahead. I need to hear this. If a faggot uh, whispering in his ear and saying, like, hey, uh, TNA is valued at $8 million, let's see if we can lowball on the six. Then, yeah, uh, I believe Cuban owns his own uh, network of television stations. He definitely owns a bunch of uh, media platforms that he's invested in. Uh, if they don't play, if they don't run any shows anywhere else, it, w- it could be the American Airlines Center in Dallas. He helped build the building. So, hmm. you, know, it, you know, he definitely has uh, the media uh, uh, savvy to get people, to get that brand out there. And as far as handling the wrestling aspect of it and making it a wrestling show, then that's a different thing. And that, then he would need to outsource. And actually, they could probably just continue on the way they're going because the writing's been great. Uh, the matches have been uh, better. Other than the parties really doing their own thing and uh, bringing whoever they want to bring into the fold. And whatever Sandow is going to do, Moose is going to do, and also Marie Canales, you just can't. There really hasn't been a lot of interest for homegrown TNA talent, and I know that EC3 started somewhere else, and I know that um, Bobby Lashley started somewhere else, Uh, Eli Drake and and, um, whatever they're calling Burris Play now. uh, They've been, right, um, the the dinosaur, I don't get why he's still a dinosaur, but they've been TNA (laughs) uh, for the most part. I I don't really find much interest in in their stuff. But if it can just be the Hardy Hour featuring TNA, bankrolled <laughs> by the Marvella Dallas Mavericks, I'm in for it. I have to say that again, I don't know so much of the financial aspect of this, but I will have to say in the in the in the in the eye of, of a viewer, I wanna be I wanna make sure somewhere is accessible to me. Um when you have TNA, you have Bellator. Bellator currently is on spike. Um TNA was on Spike before. I they, I don't think they had a happy ending there. But there seems to be another premier channel that is on the rise with sports. They have the financial backing just because of who they are. And I think if they had the opportunity to put some more um, original content on their station instead of draining me uh, with the same repetitiveness such as ESPN does at times, I think they have a good opportunity to do so, and it, and I think it made sense. And I'm speaking of FS1, who just put out that new Undisputed show, which is picking up a lot of steam. Which that for that channel, I'm not sure, you know, whoever, whatever, everybody's local um, provider is, but Shannon Sharp and and Skip Bayless. Oh God, okay. So that channel. That, that channel is. You said you what? I'll never see that show. I hate Skip Bayless. I think, but see, you know, that's just part of him being the hill he is. <laughs> but nonetheless, right. though, the, the 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 show's getting a lot of attention, and now that that channel is starting to become relevant between the hours of um, nine and one o'clock, which it usually hasn't. Um, typically, people only watch FS FS one for NASCAR. Um. Uh, sometimes golf and um tennis, which isn't really a popular thing on TV. Uh, but particularly at night, they have the rights to um the USC prelims, 
which is something everybody's pretty interested at in, in those late hours. I don't I'm see how. Right, oh yeah, baseball, especially some some of the exclusive games that you know you don't get on your your neighborhood channel, whatever it may be. So this 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 stuff there to watch for sure. I don't see how they hurt by one getting the rights to um, TNA and then maybe being able to work a deal to also be able to display Bellator, which are already accustomed to MMA on their network. I don't see how the investors in Fox or whoever the higher powers of that don't take a look at this and say, like, we might be able to do something with this. I mean, clearly Undisputed is a mimic of first take. I don't think they, I mean, you don't have to be an idiot to just look and see what Raw is doing to say, like, okay, now how do we make this different? Same recipe you did with Undisputed, do the same thing with, with them. And like you said, the writing has been particularly good right now. So, um, well, I think I like that idea. It, it totally makes sense. It could rival ESPN and their partnership with WWE. Yep. And then take it a step further and present a more live programming, which is all that I want out of sports. Yep. I don't need to see Stephen H. Smith and his too small bush. <laughs> stuff that I don't care about. I don't need to see Jayla Rose and his Botox mouth talking about stuff that I don't care about. Just <laughs> give me the sports. Yeah. Yeah, because the most important thing of ESPN is the score at the bottom of the screen, and I think that for Spock Sports, uh, they do have a lot more interesting stuff. Personally, I watch rugby on it almost every weekend, and watch the uh, rugby championships this past weekend, uh, and they show Australian rules football also. Granted, I think more people, you know, uh, watch squirrel wrestling than I than watch rugby in the U.S. But you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fox Fox is an international company based out of Australia. They have markets in every English-speaking country in the world, um, including Sky uh, Sports in England, programming, uh, Sky uh, Sports in Australia, Fox Sports in the U.S., and uh, Fox Deportes in Latin America. And if they own the company, they can put it on whenever they chose. Yeah. And it's a national network, so anybody can see it whenever they want it. Yep. And everybody gets Fox Sports. And they can watch it online on their Fox uh, Sports app. It makes total sense, but it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah, because of that. Uh, because the, the reason why it won't happen is because wrestling is still not viewed as a legitimate sport. Yeah, but but see, that's that's my argument there too because I, they look at ESPN and be like, oh, ESPN is talking about wrestling, giving wrestling updates, uh, bringing them in, giving them their own sports center time slot. There might be something to bank with here, you know. But, uh, I mean, again, pros and cons, financial stuff I don't know anything about, and so on. But um, we we're, we're about halfway in, and I'll show real quick. Uh, definitely want to cut a quick um, commercial, you know, so we can get our plugs and everything. And uh, we're going to get back. We're going to talk um, a whole nother array of stuff, too. Uh, we're going to get over to I'm, – I'm losing track of my, my thoughts for it right now. <laughs> We're going to get back to, we already did our TNA talk, we're going to get about um, some WWE talk, talking about uh, NXT shows, um, some plans, some travel plans, and uh, a little bit of indie talk as well. Yeah, yeah a little bit of indie talk, uh, we got some, uh, some interesting tournaments coming up, uh, some Royal Rumble news in January. Rumors, is, uh, rumors, rumors, yeah. Yes, yes, rumors, um, NXT Toronto, which is, uh, I'm excited about because I'm going. Um, and Booker T spoke to Sports Illustrated, so we'll 
uh, about uh, Colin Kaepernick and his uh, thoughts on race relations as it relates to wrestling. So that's uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after the break. Cool. And, 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 and as a quick spoiler, because obviously none of you guys watch TNA, um, there's a, there's been a new crowning tonight of the of the TNA World Championship. Any any idea who you think it is? The TNA World Championship? Yeah. Well, the, wait, well, which one is which? Because they have like the Grand Champion. Is that different than the World Champion? I I'm I'm still confused on that. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's the TNA Championship. That's that's what Lashley's holding. The Grand Championship is with... Uh, uh, with Aaron Rex. Yes. So, there's a difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it okay. is. Fair enough. Learn something new every day. But anyway, anyway we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll, we'll pawn on that in a second. We'll get back to it after our break. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms. bgbgroup.tumblr.com at bgbgroup on Twitter and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second half of the show. Um, like I was saying before the, uh, the commercial break, um, there's been a new TNA World Heavyweight, Champ- World Heavyweight Champion crown uh, as a spoiler to tonight's TNA tapings. Obviously, we probably won't get this until God knows when. But um, I'm just, you know, reading over stuff as we record as well. You know, multitasking, watching Raw recording, reading stuff, all that, all in one. Um, but Bobby Lashley has dropped this title, and apparently how it was booked is that Last name was given the opportunity to defend his title between either Moose, EC3, or Eddie Edwards. And basically, uh, Lashney claimed that Eddie Edwards was the easiest route out. In which, indeed, he ended up dropping it to him. So, I like I like the booking so far. Because, um, obviously, I would like to see Moose crown as the champion soon. But... I didn't want to see Mo- I didn't I didn't want to see Moose and Lashney so soon. As there's a lot Yeah, there's there's similarities in styles and we already know what happened when Goldberg met brought Lesnar too soon. <laughs> uh, well, I was there for that. Not not many people are still alive from that actually. Oh, I'm not that old. No, no, I mean like after the the complete utter silence and Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Must we, we were we nearly rioted on New Jersey Transit after WrestleMania 20 because um it was no no. Don't think there was much oxygen in the building. That's that's what I think because it was, it was it was too solid for such two big stars and not you know not no love for them at all. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, the, the reception really wasn't PG. All right. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I, I bet you the network got that kind of uh, muffled out. But uh, all right. So let's get to it. NXT touring all over the world. All right. So some quick things uh, with NXT. Uh, if you are in the Northeast, tickets go on sale Friday, October seventh, two thousand sixteen, for NXT in New York and in Boston. Where in New York and Boston? Well, they haven't said yet because why would they? 
Uh, but as of right now, we just know the Ticketmaster at NXTTickets.com will have tickets available for New York City and Boston. NXT is also coming to the Mid-Atlantic region, where we are, in uh, Norfolk, Richmond, and somewhere outside of Baltimore in Harford County, Maryland. Uh, that's this week. It's what, I mean, it says NXT Baltimore, but really, you're going to see more Calvin people out there. Yeah. So, good luck to that. <laughs> so, with NXT touring so much, and they finally seem to turn the corner and actually become a touring brand... Good, good for them, first of all. Do we, is, is this the brand that we want? Because it seems like, and, and this is what TNA should be doing, honestly, they do house shows all over the country. They'll do one live special, or pay-per-view, once every quarter, and then they'll do uh, their month of tapings in, a, uh, in Orlando. I don't see why TNA couldn't mimic that same Ring of Honor mimics that uh that concept, and TNA could do the exact same thing. And one thing the NXT does is they they rent smaller buildings. They don't go to the basketball arena in Cleveland. They go to the theater. They don't go to the hockey arena in Philly. They go to the theater. And um, you know that stuff, some booking like that makes a lot of sense. But with NXT. And that's leading up to NXT Toronto, of course, in uh, November 19th. And that will be the final of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We see a lot of Cruiserweight Classic stars that are teaming up. Uh, we know that uh, Ciampa and Gargano are going to be teaming up. Bobby Roode and... What's his name? The Kip, Ty Dillinger. How can I forget? He's a perfect 10. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be up there uh, teaming up. And we're going to see those matches play out over the last, uh, the next few weeks leading up to Toronto. And some, some NXT matches have been taped already. I've not looked at the spoilers. But Austin Aries has a special guest surprise um, uh, tag team partner. Mm-hmm. And if you want, I can, I can give you that name, at least so far as the internet says it. If it's on the internet, it has to be true. That's, that's true. No, no. If it's on Facebook, it's also confirmed. Absolutely. Facebook <laughs> equals confirmed. So, if you want, I can give you that name. If not, I can understand, and we can just watch the magic happen as it happens. Not, not at all, because um, I wish I had not have been reading, so I was supposed to take this opportunity to, to give a guess. Um, obviously, because I forgot that quit that Eric Young has already debuted I had to think about who... Um, who has been rumored to debut or to have signed for a long time um, and has not shown face. So that's what it came down to. And this person fits the entire mode of that. So with that being said, um, b- before we say the name, is this a significant right? Is this a significant but yet right platform for this person to make their debut? Absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of people... It's going to be a very polarizing audience because there are some people going to, they're going to go, who? And then there are other people that are going to go, oh my God, the yeah. world literally shifted and I don't know how to deal anymore. And I personally, when uh, yeah, we know we knew of this person leaving his former company, it was a big deal, and he got the hero's uh, uh, journey uh, farewell. And it was a, um, yeah, a heck of a guy, heck of a career. And I would think that NXT would be the better place for him than even over the main roster. 
you have to build yourself in WWE because they are just an isolated state as it comes to protecting their brand. Um, so yeah, this person I think could be not necessarily a game changer, but certainly a big deal when it comes to this class, Dusty Rhodes Classic, which is shaping up to be better than the original, honestly. Um, I, like we like we talked about numerous sh- uh sorry not numerous shows but on the last show oh maybe the show before that I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. A couple of shows before I forgot. Um, with the with the success of the CWC, um, all tournaments are relevant now. Considering they follow the same format, and um, the success of them taking chances on indie talent, considering how big they can get with the right media behind them. So the Dusty the Dusty Rose Classic, the first thing was a big was a big um, was a big success. One. Because of who it was for, when it was done, and some of the stars and tag teams that was done, that was there. Now you just take it to the next level. Start start taking chances on other indie stars and doing it. And I think this person obviously makes, um, I, I think this makes sense for his debut. Uh, and being in the tag team and winning the tournament, if you know from the, pro- the, the past year, does not mean that you're going to be solidified in the tag team because he will have his definitely a single shot going down the line. Right. So, Absolutely. This, this, this is just a stepping stone to get his foot in the door. This is your introduction. And then after that, we can go ahead and go on, go on with the show. Uh, and I definitely would love to see this person and um, the upper echelon of NXT you know, take it down the road. Leading towards, of course, the big takeover before WrestleMania in Dallas. But uh, some of the other tag teams, which I think are very interesting, we get to see uh, the Chinese uh, prospect Ben Wang and Ho Ho Loon uh, team together. That's going to be his first uh, uh, match on U.S. soil. I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. It's been announced. Um, the, the Bollywood Boys, as we saw in singles competition in the CWC, yep. uh, they will be together in tag team competition in the uh, Dusty Classic. Yep. Um, uh, Hideo Itami and Koto Ibushi are going to be together, which, if you've seen their matches against each other, my God. It, it, but you know, together, that could be interesting. Tino Sabatelli, who has been in development hell for like the last year or two, <laughs> making his uh, debut. Well, basically, he's doing Cody Rhodes' gimmick. And we don't care. Uh, but he and uh, Rick Moss are going to be together. Root and Dillinger, Gargano and Ciampa. The Revival, honestly, the best tag team in WWE right now. Um, Manny Andrade and Cedric Alexander, which could be very interesting. Since Alexander is on the way up. And Andrade, who has all the talent in the world, looks like the Pied Piper. And nobody's giving him a chance. Um... <laughs> Thanks for thanks for clearing that, clear, clarifying that to me, because I was just wondering. I was like, I wonder what, I wonder what's your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if if, if you've seen him in AAA or I mean CMLL, uh, the dude can do work. But I don't. But those suspenders are not fooling anybody. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I hope he goes full heel and, and puts the mask back on and just goes ham. Um, the Officer Pain, who looks like D'Lo Brown's illegitimate stepchildren, and um. Uh, who am I missing? Oh, No Way Jose and the other No Way Jose, also known as Rich Swan, <laughs> which is uh, would be a very interesting tag team 
because you have the No Way Jose that does it right, and the No Way Jose that does it wrong, and Rich Swan does everything right. <laughs> why? So, why? Say, why? Be a, um, interesting thing. Why you're wowing me? Continue on with the uh, the tryouts, which I watched live on um, on uh, Facebook from the NXT uh, official Facebook page, which was very cool that they did that. Uh, wow me with some names and some names and some um, maybe something interesting or just some stories from people that you that you seen in uh, that was there. So I, I'll go over some of the ones I know. Um, Jacob Fatu. Uh, of the uh, the famous the Fatu, um, he's uh, the Usos cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, be interesting to see him uh, do work. Eddie Kingston. Wait, so wait, let me. Oh, let me get that straight. So they have another family member coming through the pipes. Yes, it's it's the entire islands of Samoa. All of them are coming. I don't know who recruits the Samoans more: the University of Southern California or the WWE. Scott Hall, so I'm not even sure if he's even had a professional match yet. Um, is he in the Bullet Club? Scott Hall, son? Yeah, he's in the Bullet Club. He's looking like Virgil out there. Last time I checked. She is currently the heavyweight champion. Yes, yes, yes she is. Now that's interesting. I, I want. I'm not. I'm not familiar with this, so I definitely want to ask a few questions. Um, what does that mean for Shimmer? Uh, what does that mean for somebody that's a champion taking a chance on, um, 
or going to a brand where they don't have exclusive contracts, so to say? Or does that mean NST will create an exclusive contract for her to be able to either finish out her dates or work both? Now, this is just a tryout. This isn't um, this isn't a contract. This isn't uh, anything guaranteed. This is the this is the scouting combine. No, absolutely. But I mean, but I mean, for I, I guess you want to say in the confidence of not only what they can do, or if they're polished, um, I'm sure that their names also bring um, a little bit of an edge to them potentially getting a chance or a contract. Well, surely they know uh, who these names are. They just need to see what they can do and how that translates to what they need from them in the WWE ring. Uh, Finn Balor has talked about how when he first came over from the Indies and from Japan, uh, he didn't know how to wrestle to the camera. Right, right. Which is a you know, WWE technique, and they don't really do that in Japan. They send all the photographers around the, name, around the ring, and they crowd the ring, and they just wrestle their match. It doesn't matter where the cameras are. But over here, it's a lot different. you got to cut promos over here. In New Japan, they cut promos in backstage. So it was some of those things uh, getting used to, uh, you know, as far as converting from different styles of different promotions. And it is something to say, like, I'm in a room with a 1,000 people, whereas I've been in a room with 15 people. You know, I mean, there was only 100 of us at the Nova Pro Show in Fairfax. That doesn't mean it wasn't a great show, and that doesn't mean that the guys didn't work their tails off, but that's not WrestleMania. Yeah. 5,000 people booing you out of the building if you're Roman Reigns. So, different. And they do need to work through that because if you're Eddie Kingston, who's been around the block all of these years, 10, 15 years, and he still has to run laps like, you know, some, some new. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's a totally different deal being in Ring of Honor 10 years ago or coming back to TNA or, you know, whatever he wants to do than being in WWE. And I mean, I mean, on the contrary, I mean, I look at it like the Tebow um, situation where Tebow hasn't played baseball in 10 years, but his name is big enough for him to get a chance in the minor league. And not only that, I mean... He's had the skills, so they just made sure he passed. And I think it's, I, I mean, maybe that's the same thing. Like, hey, is this person big enough to give a chance, or did they lift okay? Their conditioning, which is, I think is a big thing, because there is a lot of any time that can run the ropes, but I swear they'll probably be in a little better. They'll be a little better if they spend a little bit of time on their conditioning. So I don't think these trials are just like chop me. I think they're really, I think they're really based on what type of deal they might want to work with the person, maybe. I don't think they're bringing in some of these names just to not do anything with. But, I don't know. People that want Tough Enough, obviously, um, the winners of Tough Enough are getting cut. And so I don't know I don't know what that means. Well, it is a, um, it is a thing. And it is, you know, something of interest. And we've seen, um, as far as people coming up, and they, they know who they are. You know, WWE has feelers everywhere, and sometimes you can get a Tom Brady that came out of nowhere, <laughs> and given the opportunity, it turns into Tom Brady. But, you know, that's why they have these tryouts, and for the first time in recent memory, at least, we're seeing the transparency of what it takes to go from somebody wrestling in a gym at the Jewish Community Center to being at the CWC two weeks later. That's true. 
That's true. And that's, that's a very real thing for a lot of these guys. And, and, and I like that because it makes the story more personal. And regardless of whatever they're trying to tell you on TV, we, we were there, you know, with Cedric Alexander, you know, loading his his wares into like the back of a pickup truck and rolling down the road because he had to be 500 miles to the next town. Yeah. To that show. That's true. You know, we, we've seen a glimpse of that. And to see them on TV, I feel a lot more proud. Uh, personally, as a fan, that that guy made it so far. That's that's true. That is true. So <laughs> speaking of making it, uh, we see that uh, Dolph Ziggler has put his career on the line at No Mercy, which I believe is this weekend, uh, because wrestling just won't end. Ever since the brand split, there's been like a show on almost every day from different companies on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is I guess is too much of a good thing, honestly. But Ziggler's his title was on the line. His career is on the line versus Miz's title, I think. And let's say that he does lose and leave, and he legit leaves the company because it's over for him. Do you think that a this is the right move to leave the company for good, or not for good, or for now? And b where do you think he should wind up? Okay, so the first the first thing is we definitely want to address the rumors, and the rumors is that he will just be he will indeed lose and just be written off TV for a while so they can repackage his gimmick, which I which I think is a you know that's fine um, because I'm I'm kind of tired of his uh, promos on selling himself but keep falling short because after a while that that just gets old. But uh, again, if he does indeed leave the company, contracts up and everything. I, I don't see no other way to do this but to take the Cody Rhodes plan. Bank on your name. Um, your ability is there. There's no question. You can work as hard as these uh, as these indie guys and even harder because you you take risk. Um, you've been healthy like they said you couldn't be. Um, so I think you take the world the the world tour the indie tour. Um, if you don't. I think you absolutely take the world tour and take and take a trip over to New Japan Pro Wrestling. One, because um, you need to create your name needs to your name needs to be bigger if you ask me. Um, not and the reason why I'd say your name needs to be bigger is because there's there's no family ties behind you, um, and any shows is only going to keep you relevant. New Japan will make you a star. And the reason why I say that is because New Japan is like in the NFL. You're being, you're, it's it's about what conference you came from when you come to the when you come to the NFL. It's about what what collegiate conference that you play in for them to recognize that. You go to New Japan, all your accomplishments, everything you've done will be recognized. You're taking the chance of going there to make your name bigger, to become a star. To win some gold, to get the push you deserve, to come back and then to regain, you know, the spotlight, the currency, and everything else that falls behind signing with WWE. So, I think, like I said, my, my first option would take the Grant, the Cody Rhodes uh, World Tour, which means um, shop around all the indie shows, and then the next thing I would say is to take a chance in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I would like to see him go to New Japan, uh, Mexico, and, and AAA. I would love to see him do the indie circuit in the U.S. Um, that would be great. I think you're right. 
Uh, he Ziggler has the same problem that I have with Todd Dillinger. It's not that they're not good. It's but you need to actually prove it. And we've seen Ziggler. I was there when Ziggler won the championship in New Jersey when he beat uh, Dorito night after WrestleMania. Which is, as you and say, the biggest pop ever. That, yeah, that was that was the loudest pop I've heard in well since like ninety the Starcade ninety seven. Um, the uh, Bret Hart uh, concussion, I think that's what it was. Or maybe that was 2001. Let's go with that. But yeah, that was the biggest pop I've heard in at least 15 years. <laughs> like, legit, definitely. The next closest was Sasha and uh, Bailey at NXT TakeOver uh, last year. Brooklyn, last year. Right, right. With that said, I think Ziggler has, much like Damian Sandow, he wants to do other things. He's doing the comedy thing. Maybe he can get into acting. Maybe he wants to pen a coloring book or something like that. Um, and WWE creatively isn't really fulfilling his needs. And we were definitely seeing a bit of the frustration. I think a lot of that promo that he cut against the Miz a couple weeks ago, maybe last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot, some of the best promos aren't the ones that are written down. They're the ones that come out. <laughs> and, you know, the, that, those are the ones that we remember. The problem is that he's made that promo at least twice a year for the last five or six years. And we've seen once or twice where his words have actually come to fruition. I think it is time for him to go, but not in a Cody Rhodes way where he desperately needs a change and they won't give it to him. But just because the world is so much bigger and wrestling is so much bigger than WWE, he may have been stuck if this were 10 years ago. Uh, hell, maybe even five years ago. Hey, but now with no, the opportunities out there. Not even that. Again, this not. this is why Cody Rose is so relevant. Is because, like, people like... Uh, people like Wade Barrett. I mean, who knows exactly what his grandmaster scheme is. But right now, that guy is stuck. Because there's no relevance to him of what he's doing. And somebody else's name propped up the mind, too. But I just think with the success of Cody Rose right now... And I say the success of Cody Rose is because top talent is recognizing everything he's doing. His debut on Evolve, everybody was tweeting him. It was it was a big day, you know. It's you know when when you're when you're as Drake say and as uh, uh, Mauro would say because he loves to do pop culture. I'm sorry, not Drake Future, but you can do what it, you can do what you want when you're popping. And he's relevant. His name's relevant. And do and, and do and say and go wherever as you want. Bring your wife; she's relevant now. It's 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 just that easy. Bank on yourself, if it is. And Ziggler name ain't that big. His talent is big. What he's done is big. The fact that he hasn't been pushed is big. I think he just needs to get right over the edge by going to New Japan to become relevant. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think individually, and that's one of the things that people don't you know really put two and two together with. Wrestlers themselves are independent contractors. And the reason why the WWE or TNA, to a lesser extent Ring of Honor, isn't referred to as the Indies is because they work exclusively with one company. Right. But as an independent contractor, you moonlight from small wrestling promotion to small wrestling promotion going from town to town. With that said, is it that we've seen the frustrations in Ziggler's character, fans of his that are really to cheer him on, but only to be squashed by, uh, you know, the government, not the government, but, uh, well, yeah, the government, this man, uh, <laughs> he has the law, 
But we, you know, we've seen how that's transpired over the past uh, few years, especially since WrestleMania in Jersey being, a couple years ago. Let's not forget about him being the KFC guy, because that helps no one. <laughs> that was that was so hard. Well, I mean, at least he was the KFC guy. Miz was the chicken. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I mean, not, I mean, not only was he the chicken, but it was a bad KFC commercial that was a ripoff of a Family Guy bit. I mean, from ten years ago. Uh, that's just going uh, all the way around. Yes. So, yeah, but still, maybe, but maybe that's the thing, and we haven't seen that side of uh, Ziggler, and because the Miz will dress up in a chicken suit. How many times has Miz had a cake shoved in his face? <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to happen. But I, I hope he does uh, make that move, and I think it would be best for him to go and and see uh, the world in his own terms. Um, it, 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 could, it could definitely happen in a big, big way. I, I, would, I would do it. I would see him. I would travel to see him. Absolutely. I mean, if he could... Yeah. If, if he would be at, like, AIW up in Cleveland, his hometown, I would do I would make that trip. To see us, Ziggler. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because I know that we're running out of town. Uh, Tony Bellas premieres this Wednesday. Do we care? Um. You gotta think so. <laughs> Wait, was that supposed to was that supposed to um make up for the time slot of me watching the CWC? Yeah, because when you think of wrestling, you think of Tony Bellas. Yeah, and I also want to know how what are John Cena's rules that's in his house? Um, wait. See, I don't I don't know anything about Tony Bellas. Because whenever I see like a YouTube. Uh, your WWE video, and they premiere Total Bellas, I throw my computer and just flip the table over. So, I I don't, I can't care about the show. Uh, you know, good for you if you're a Daniel Bryan fan and you want to see what color his beard's going to be this week, but um, I don't, why would they be there? They live in Washington State or wherever. They're from Arizona. Why do we need to be housemates for the summer? I, I Sure, somebody will watch it, and good for them. <laughs> um, the big thing that I wanted to, to, to bring up this week is that Booker T uh, spoke to SI.com, and he's Sports Illustrated. So, so before we get into that, about- before we get into that, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that um, from last week's episode, we brought up the discussion at the end of the episode if um, with everything that's happening right now within the need, within the need, yeah. Everything that's happening right now within the U.S. as far as um, people's political views or people's just views on um, culture and everything that's happening within the U.S. Um, from an athletic, from an athletic uh, standpoint, and from a sports company, if you want to book it as such, um, top stars have made either suggestions, comments, or solid protests upon their. Uh, uh, as far as their point of view on things, and with the WWE being branded as such a sports company, I'm wondering, with the platform they have, is this an opportunity, or should they, or should they seek this opportunity in order to speak um, their piece on this? So. Well, the short answer is no. Uh, my company, for my real job, my nine to five that I need to wake up for early tomorrow morning, <laughs> has a social media policy. Yeah. Uh, they have a policy that states that when if you post things on social media and it is 
not reflective of the spirit of the company, then you are an SCAD and in an unemployment line. Get out. They don't play around. Don't tweet if you want to do it on company time or under the company's name uh, or as a reflection of the company. WWE uh, superstars have it a lot worse because not only are they not just a reflection of the company, they are there in the company itself. And as an independent contractor, they kind of own you. Now, unless you're Triple H, who gets money from the corporate side and the wrestling side, he's one of the few wrestlers that can actually say, well, no, I did that. But everybody else, and as we've seen, the talk of the brass ring and people's uh, inability to grab it, they kind of go along with what they're told. Uh, should they have the opportunity? Yes, everybody should have the opportunity to express themselves. Uh, but in a business where the real you and the you on TV are usually one of the same, uh, then that's too risky. That really is too risky because it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It will always be unpopular to someone. And, the, and, a, and an unpopular opinion means potential money lost. And you know, Mr. Man, if it ain't about dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah. So I, I guess how would you feel if Roman Reigns or John Cena or Randy Orton came out and said, yeah, man, I'm over Trump? Um... I don't know. I want to. I, I want to say without thinking this out too hard that I feel like I've seen people kind of campaign for their selection, and it doesn't offend me because I feel like. Um, I mean, we're based in a democracy. Everybody's going to have a political party or, or something to feel. So, uh, it, it doesn't bother me at all. But I think. From my point of view, is, is that when people do have platforms and they're and they're able to use it in a way of speaking their mind, of using the First Amendment, I can't be mad at that if that's what the country was built on. And I just feel like some people are looked to to make a statement because of who they are. And I just would not be mad at John Cena to say anything because that's kind of the that's kind of the attention you command when you are that person, you know. But to be fair, if John Cena, who is a millionaire, let's, let's just call it for what it is, John Cena is in a different tax bracket than, than both of us. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a millionaire too, and I don't know what. Um, with very, that said, very, very much so. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So with that said, uh, because John Cena has, is in a different tax bracket, he may not feel the same way on a lot of economic issues. Uh, that Hillary, that he, the, if it's Hillary or Trump or even a third-party candidate that you know hasn't scratched anybody's ear yet, you know he may be in that upper echelon of of economics where it's like you know what he's going to be the best for my paycheck. So cut all the taxes for the uh, top one percent. Vote for Trump. Obviously, <laughs> that's what he thinks. But on a socially conscious issue about all of the. Um, inflammatory marks that Trump and Hillary Clinton has been saying over the past uh, few months, you know, the year or so with this lecture cycle. It's like, if he, if John Cena doesn't have the opinion that I have, or doesn't have the opinion that uh, the kids that look up to him have, and I'm a fan of his, I may not buy his merchandise anymore. More importantly, 
Notice that WWE does not do social justice. They don't participate in anything that can be considered polarizing. They only uh, participate in the awareness and causes for the quote-unquote safe campaigns. Breast cancer awareness, condoms cure. Uh, you know, who doesn't hate cancer? Everybody hates cancer. Yeah. You know, the only person that's hated more than cancer may be Roman Reigns, by me. So, <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns versus cancer, that's confirmed. You heard it on the internet, so it must be true. So, <laughs> but really, but really, they don't cover anything. You know, they're not protesting women's rights in Nigeria. They're not protesting about the conditions of slaves in Cambodia. <laughs> or the funding <laughs> of the Zika virus. <laughs> Right. You know, <laughs> WWE is doing a show in Saudi Arabia, I want to say in December. And if the sh- shows in previous years have proven uh, true, women can't go. It says on the ticket, you know, thank you for uh, Ticketmaster Saudi Arabia, no women allowed. Ooh. It's oh, and we, and we know how we. On yeah, and I think, and we know how they feel about uh, homosexuality as well, too. <laughs> Right, so if W, and that's another thing too, they don't have, there is no, and if you've never seen them out there, wherever you're listening, do look up Cutie and the Beast. That's the best gimmick in wrestling right now. Yeah. Honest to God. Even better than Dalton Castle and the Boys? As much as I love Dalton Castle and the Boys, Cutie and the Beast, I think is, is the best gimmick in wrestling. Okay, um, I can't I can't argue with that. Have seen them? I definitely kind of like them. Ambiguously gay duo of Saturday Night Live way back in like the 90s when it was good. But yeah, look up Cutie and the Beast if you've never seen them. That couldn't happen in WWE today because some family in middle, in some conservative family somewhere in the country is going to go, uh-uh, this is what I want to see on my TV. Uh, I was talking to a guy on Twitter from England who didn't like the idea of intergender wrestling. I want to see the best competition available, not just the best guys or the best girls. But who's the best? Why can't Sasha Banks be champion of everything? And we and there are other com, uh, promotions like Chikara that doesn't um, uh, differentiate men and women's divisions. Anybody can be champion. Anybody should be champion. Why not you, little girl or little boy? <laughs> so. Uh, so, but that can't happen in, in England, per this guy's opinion uh, via Twitter, uh, and that's something that uh, you know, the UK government and, and UK version of the FCC has a problem with. I didn't look into it because I don't live there, but it is interesting that they are a multinational corporation, and they have to appeal to everybody all at once. NXT appeals to one audience. SmackDown or Raw appears to a more general audience. And back in the 90s, you know, when the era that I grew up on, so I watched WCW because they had luchadors, it was still different. And now that it's a softer toned wrestling and we've traded in uh, the Undertaker and the corporate ministry for the authority and Daniel Bryan, it's, uh, it's a softer tone. So we can't say that. Whatever it is, whatever, however you present the company, it must be presented in a way that appeases as many people as possible. Because if it doesn't, that's money lost. This is true. Yep. Well, because I, I would love to see, um, you know, somebody come out. And Trump was on wrong. I mean, Maria Canellas brought him out, I believe. 
uh, during that whole WrestleMania event in like 27, I want to say, in Orlando. But, and I don't want to make this just about Trump, but if they were to bring out Hillary Clinton on Raw, that's going to, uh, depending on the town that they're in, that might not play very well. Yeah. And if, no matter what town it's, it's in, if they only brought Hillary Clinton out on Raw, they're going to be considered biased. And, you know, that's uh, a different thing. So, it, you know, you can't you can't do that. And I think it's just much better if, if people just stayed out of it and said, um, you know, not necessarily who, what their opinions are, but it, it's very easy to say the wrong thing and, and get in trouble for it. Because you're not more important than the brand. Bottom bottom line is, I, the, to be quite frank, that the the people that people probably feel should say something are probably the ones most at risk of saying something to totally hurt their image, their gimmick, and their push. Therefore, uh, better better play it safe than be sorry. Absolutely. So um. Absolutely. And it, yeah, and then we've seen we've seen that in their matches, we've seen that in their promos, we've seen that in the way that they do business. They totally play it safe. Yep. So uh, before what, we what close about, um, about Booker T, he spoke to um, Sports Illustrated and right. he said that uh, that there needs to be a discussion uh, about race and basically generally that uh, we just need to do better as a people. We need to come together as a people. Um, and we need to uh, you know, be a better country. Um, and he was supportive of Carlin Kaepernick. Adam Jones of your Baltimore Orioles have said uh, <laughs> similar things in the past, a uh, recent past, about how baseball is a white man's sport, so you won't really see the Kaepernick uh, type of uh, uh, protest or um, uh, uh, the like in, uh, in baseball. And that kind of you know raised a couple of ears of, of people. Um, hockey's you know even less uh, diverse. Um, the only thing black in hockey is the puck. So that's uh, that's a different thing. But it is kind of interesting because wrestling or WWE is scripted. Do we even need that? Because that it could interfere with the storyline, and that's not the message that you want to send. Right. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to have your top face or your top heel, uh, you know, putting an opinion out there that's the antithesis of the storyline. Yeah. Unless yeah. you have Owens, because he can say, "I don't. I'm Canadian. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That discussion, I can I can argue both ways, considering that um, my opinion isn't totally stern, and with so many people having so much to say about who's saying what, why they're saying it, blah blah blah. Besides, this is a lot to recuperate. But then again, in the in the realm, if I was a professional, especially in the WWE, I probably would take the position to not say anything, considering that one, I still had to put uh, food on the table, and I don't want to risk, you know. Being opinionated, saying something wrong. Right. But on my and we gotta remember that in the NFL, that money is usually guaranteed. Yeah. So, you know, they got that money up front. Great point. WWE, not so much. Great point. Great point. And I know that at some point you could argue that 
well, this, uh, what your heart tells you is more important, important, more important than what your wealth tells you. Just having a Titus O'Neil moment there. Um, <laughs> I, I had one myself, so. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I tried to let it go. Um, <laughs> but I think if they can work that into an angle and that in a stereotypical nation of domination kind of way, but if they can work that to an angle, then so be it. That's what the wrestling business is. They are they are topical. But as far as somebody um, actively disrupting the product in order to get himself over, that's the opposite of the business. And that's not – don't be that guy. You know, there's a time and place for that. And Booker T is retired. Um, he was speaking on his own time. Yeah. His influence in the business is, is irrelevant of the business. And if he left it today – it would be of no consequence. Right. Because he just does a pregame show. So he's in a position to make such statements without most uh, you know, uh, uh, repercussions. But a guy like uh, Titus O'Neil, who is very well within his right to make these statements, but if Titus O'Neil, the uh, you know, father of two or three or whatever, wants to make that statement that he needs to do so in a way that differentiates himself from the character. And that's not happening because it doesn't matter what he is. Um, he's free, free Titus. Yeah, free Titus. I mean, you know, no, actually, actually, acknowledge Titus. We can't take the chains off yet. <laughs> this, Until this... he goes back to promo school in Orlando, we cannot take the chains off yet. This... Sorry. Titus. You, you let me down. Just give Titus, uh, yeah. give 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 uh, Braun Strowman Titus, okay? Uh oh, I'm seeing okay. promos about uh about uh Emma. Looks like she might be on her way back. Yeah, um, I, I hope so. I hope it's um, But anyway, uh, yeah. Since we get ready yeah, to close out, thing, what what did um, we cover? Yeah, one last thing: uh, the Royal Rumble is going to be in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio early right, uh, in right, January. Right. Uh, 64,000 uh, seats for, for football. Uh, they had the Royal Rumble back in 97. Shawn Michaels sold town. Uh, and they had 60,477 people. Number one, do you expect that many to show up for the Royal Rumble? Number two, if it does do well, do you expect the trend of the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam uh, being in bigger arenas and uh, stadiums? Um, so that'll be the first, that'll be the first pay-per-view, I, I mean, after SmackDown, uh, the jo- first joint pay-per-view, correct? Uh, no, because Survivor Series is coming up. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I think, I think, I think Texas is a safe place, considers, uh, central to, uh, most people's flights, um, Flights to Texas from us is cheap, so I've got to assume that flights from California is cheap. Flights, flights to Dallas are cheap. Flights to San Antonio, not so much. Okay, good point. Good point. Um, I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know. Um, they can bank on they can bank on it all they want. Considering that SummerSlam sold out so crazy and and really fast, oh, they're promoting it right now too, and they're prom- and they're promoting it really early. Well, October, November, December, January. Yeah. That seems about well, right. tickets go on sale October 14th for right. before Royal Rumble. Right. 
I, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I, I say to take a chance, and if, if, it, if it brings success, then do it, what? Let's stick. They can stick to bigger, um, to to bigger venues, but I don't know, man. I don't know. So many pay per views, and each week, it's I mean, that that can hurt them as well. So I, I really don't know. And the other question, two part question. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, the, so the first one was, uh, can they should they continue the trend? Uh, do you think it's going to sell out? No. Because the Royal Rumble is an important event as it gets, kicks off the road to WrestleMania, but it doesn't. None of these pay per views really have the WrestleMania feel. And if, as we've seen with SummerSlam, making that into a week long event with NXT Takeover, uh, SummerSlam, and then the Raw afterwards, they're doing Survivor Series that same way in Toronto with NXT TakeOver, Survivor Series, and uh, Raw at the Air Canada Center mm-hmm. in a SummerSlam-like week and weekend. Uh, you know, these uh, the big four pay-per-views that are coming up uh, throughout the year, the Grand Slams of pay-per-views, if you will, right. they seem to have a lot more importance, and they do, but now they're finally getting the venues for them. Uh, with the Royal Rumble, though, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we can get 60,000 people in San Antonio for it. I um, don't think it's going to sell out. Um, <laughs> don't think I, I do think they're going to make it four hours, which makes it even even worse. And I don't care because last year Royal Rumble was only cool because of AJ Styles, but they're going to have to do a lot better than that because I still remember it being like underwhelming. So, right. no. Right. Who cares? Right. And, and the last thing, uh, we can cover this quickly. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame does exist. Right. But it's a very small deal in the middle of nowhere of Texas. Right. So if WWE were to actually create their own Hall of Fame, Which is where should it be? And what should be the criterion for entering the hall? Right. So this goes back again to our, our conversation uh, from a couple of shows ago is, I don't know. I don't know because if you're going to build criteria, I, I'm, I'm always... A, I always like to think that you want to incorporate... Um, somewhat of a scheme that fits with what has been a criteria before so um like maybe a time period after official retirement but who actually officially retires unless they hurt um well that is true but then there are some that just walk away Mick Foley wasn't specifically hurt or had a career ended injury right but he just walked away uh, we knew that Ric Flair was going to retire, so to speak, in the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match. Right. And, you know, we knew that Goldberg was leaving in his match. Uh, we knew The Rock was leaving in his match. Right. So, um, but, um, then, but then again, Daniel Bryan didn't retire. Okay, so. so I, Daniel Bryan I, a Hall of Famer? So I go by either two things injuries, one, um, career threatening or career in the injuries, one. Which gives you a limitation of a certain years, I would say, is one. Um, age is the second factor, I would think. And um, and I think hometown consideration is another thing. So. What do you mean by hometown consideration? So, if, where's WrestleMania? Orlando? I don't even know who's from Orlando. Year, yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming WrestleMania the year after is going to be in um, uh, Minnesota. And well, nothing's confirmed for the year after, but. They could do it in Minneapolis. They just yeah. go to the stadium. Right. That's what I'm. I'm, that, I'm just suggesting that that's that's a possibility. Um, Brock Lesnar, if he was done, if he if he was never to wrestle again right now, um, 
considering that who knows when the next time they're going to be there. If they if there was a suggestion that what about if, if Brock Lesnar took an injury from his last match, and there's been rumors that he may not wrestle again, the fact that they're going to be there next year, I don't I don't see why there's a reason why um, he shouldn't get a consideration. So you don't think the WWE Hall of Fame should be a physical space? It should just travel whenever they do WrestleMania. No, no, definitely a physical space. I think I think. By all means, they should have a museum or something because I think that's just a cool factor. One, nobody in their, in their mother is going to Connecticut, so that's out of the question. Um, I think, I think um, they just need to they need to build the museum near the performance center, and yeah, call it a day in Florida. I think if they can make it, if Florida makes sense, that's where they, that's their kind of second home with NXT and the Performance Center and stuff. I think it should be in the Connecticut because that's the territory that um, this man senior ran. You know, he ran Southern New England. And if Jerry Lawler or Cowboy Bill Watts or if um, Cornette or Jim Crockett, you know, were running WWE, then it would be in Georgia or Memphis yeah. or wherever. But it wasn't. It's Vince McMahon's territory. He built the business. Vinny Jr. took it over. He continued the business. So I would say Stanford, Connecticut it would be the logical choice for the WWE Hall of Fame Museum. They could um, make television studios to produce their stuff at the hall. Uh, but their significance in the New York, North Jersey, Southern uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut area is is historic. Um, so that's where I would put it. And as far and I do think that from the moment that you retire, what should be the criteria? Because it's hard, you know, in basketball or in baseball and the, the, the so-called legitimate sports, <laughs> we have numbers to compare. Yeah, you know. And, and, and even though the immediate argument is, well, it's rings. You know, how many rings do you have? But that's obviously not just it, because Robert already has, what, seven? <laughs> yeah. The only way he'd get to the Hall of Fame is if he buys a ticket. <laughs> and he has seven rings. So, oh, Al Harrison that, has that, no rings. That is too Reggie funny. Miller, no rings. Dominique Wilkins, no rings. Yet, Hall of Fame. So... It's obviously more than that. And I think that personally, and I think basketball and baseball get it right the most, when they say you're in the Hall of Fame because of your on-the-field acumen and the intangibles, would the game be different if you had never shown up? And with Allen Iverson, yes. That crossover that everybody thinks is cute, well, he got that. Yeah. That was what he brought to the game. Yeah. It didn't get him any championships, but that's what he brought to the game. That was that thing. Uh, George Gervin with the finger roller, Julius Irvin with the uh, dunking, and Green uh, with the skyhook. Yeah. They brought those intangibles to the game that would be lesser if they had not. Austin 316 promo, uh, King of the Ring, uh, The Rock, and his personality, with or without championships. Um, Triple H going from like that so green road monopoly man to... Biker gang, you know, stealing the boss's daughter. So wait, wait, you know, wait. Drugging her. So, so if I, if yeah, I, if I may add, then, so basically, you're saying if it's about numbers, 
the only thing that matters is one who either <laughs> whoever like a boost in revenue or in product sales or in or in the TV uh, um, TV viewership. And basically, what you're saying is you get basically Hall of Fame considerations if you fit in the only three things that are really statistically kept outside of the ring. Because if you say that, if, 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 because what I'm saying is if rings didn't mean anything to Robert Ory, then championship runs almost don't mean things to certain people then too. I think that's only part of it. Okay. And I think that only that's that's part of what makes you a Hall of Famer. It's the amount of uh, gold you have plus the intangibles that you brought to the game. Whatever you did to do it. Because Ken Shamrock is like a multi-time champion over the scope of all championships. He's like a couple-time Intercontinental champion. I believe he's got a tag team belt a couple times. I don't think he's been world champion ever. But so he definitely has a couple belts in his house. But is Ken Shamrock a guy that defined the attitude era? No. <laughs> um, uh, Kurt Angle, you know, he's a, a future Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, and because he has both the, 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 the belts to prove it, you know, whether it was tag team or, you know, any of that stuff. And it was the intangibles, like the, you know, the use of chance or his theme music or the milk truck or... The whole Olympic bit, you know, that, that, that whole thing, you know, so it, it is kind of a, a, a thing where it does go a little bit. You don't have to be a champion to be influential. You're telling me that Dan Marino isn't a Hall of Famer? Of course he is, but he doesn't have any rings, but he definitely brought something to the game that unfortunately didn't get him any rings. So <laughs> I would definitely say that, um, uh, when I think of, obviously, Lesnar is a future Hall of Famer. So is Orton. Cena, sure. Um, but is Daniel Bryan? Is Sheamus? If it is, I would say is in there. Is Ziggler? Ziggler is a two-time champ. Is Roman Reigns? He's a three-time champ. Yeah. So there has to be something else. I definitely wanna. I definitely wanna. I'm definitely gonna take some sophisticated time to actually think that out more, and I think that is worth a whole nother little mini episode to discuss. Hopefully, we get some of the other guys in, because I know D Wayne and City Sellers definitely want to make their um make their marks on that. So. Right. So yeah, we can definitely you know put a pin in it and and certainly discuss later. Later, but my my general point is, it's not just belts. You gotta do something else. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I, yeah, this, this is definitely a lot about it. We'll be here for another thirty minutes to an hour to start getting into that for sure. <laughs> but there's definitely, definitely a lot to that for sure. Um, but anyway, as we're about to get out of here, get ready to watch the Sasha versus uh Charlotte match. It's being a, this should be the concluding match of Raw tonight. Yeah, it is. Looking at the time, which is interesting to see women. The women um, to close out Raw, which is how it should be for the championship, which is how it should be. So I have to see that. But um, wow. yeah, they got something right, right? <laughs> if, if my memory serves me correctly, that would be the fourth time ever that a woman has um, been in the main event of Raw. I I wouldn't know exactly how many, but I, I, I want to say 
this will be number four. Um, and I guarantee that Michael Cole is going to throw that in your face like 15 times. Over if he's not already minutes. saying it, considering I have him on mute. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you know, he loves to throw his one fact to know out a billion times. Right. And he loves he loves right. anything that has to do with records. So. Right. But yeah, for this is Two Chains here and my boy at Giant Crab on Twitter. My resident yeah. indie expert. The film guy. Um... Thank you for getting us for our special Monday episode. Uh, any last words, closing out words for you, sir? Yeah, Birth of a Nation. I'm going to finish wrapping it up right now. Uh, that'll be out this weekend. Uh, see it, uh, The Girl on the Train. That's going to be out this weekend. And anything that I missed, you want to hit me up on Twitter, at Giant Cramp, uh, on Twitter, at RealPhotoNews.com. I uh, read the reviews, see the movies. Uh, do what you do, people. You heard the man. But anyway, uh, we'll get back to you. Like I said, um, this this is a special impromptu Monday night episode. Um, a lot of people have obligations for Wednesday, so I'll get this out. Um, probably which will be on your Tuesday, which will be um October the fourth. But if we have anything else to get that back back to you, we'll definitely get it out as soon as we can. All right, y'all.